hey, welcome to Casual Yelling. We got something special for you because of the move from Substack to Patreon. Every episode of I Just Want to Talk to Friends was wiped from the server. However, I have everything saved, so they're going to be right here on Patreon for free. I'm going to upload some of the uh, old episodes that I really enjoyed, and that's about it. You're going to hear me say I just want to talk to friends, but just keep in mind this is a rebrand, so it's under casual yelling. All of these episodes have previously been put up on Substack under the I Just Want to Talk to Friends banner. So if you were a fan of that and had already listened to these episodes, you're going to hear the same stuff. I'm sorry. I'm just trying to keep all the stuff I like on the new website. That's it. Thank you for subscribing or not. I don't know what you do. Rate and review us on iTunes. Thanks. Hey everybody, welcome to I Just Want to Talk to Friends, a self-indulgent experience as I go through existential dread. I'm Matt Elfring, and uh, with me this week is somebody who I performed with, uh, and uh, one of my friends from the Chicago days, uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Joshua Shank, thank you for coming on the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Matt, thank you very much. Uh, it's been a long time coming, a good time being here, and uh, yeah, you were... Uh, uh, key, uh, we were all performers. Yes. We were all performers, but you were, uh, but you were definitely part of the, uh, part of the ragtag gang. Yeah. You, uh, for, for those who aren't aware, uh, Josh was the singer of a, a band in Chicago for it's still, you guys still kind of perform, but uh sealed casket, Josh, I I've tried to explain sealed casket so many times to people. Um, I would like you to explain it to see if we're on the same page before I say it. Yeah, so I, that's uh, I think that was a big mistake of the band because we couldn't really sell it. You couldn't really explain it. Uh, it was a hard sell. Uh, but what we would do is um, create a an environment where music and theater really could come together. Mm-hmm. People didn't know that it was a music theater experience. I think people thought it was just a heavy metal show that they were going to see. Uh, but we were doing things that involved shrimp and uh, medieval knights. And uh, Beast, uh, it was a it was a big stage show. So getting back to what you're saying, try to explain it. It's very hard. It's the medieval times of rock and roll, yeah. right? So when people would come into the show, we, they would receive a crown that would represent the color of the team or the night that they would be cheering for the rest of the evening. And it was fun, man. I think that was a it was a good experience. I really wish one time I'd like to be in the audience and see what that was like. I, I was that guy in the audience before, like, we started hanging out and before I kind of became a part of Sealed Casket in general. Because you guys, I remember, this is the MySpace days we're talking about. And yeah. Sealed Casket friended me on MySpace. I'm like, oh, these guys look like Cradle of Filth. Let's see what they're about. And, like, the first the first song I heard was... So, anyway, that's how it happened? <laughs> we friended you on MySpace? Yes. That was the connection to it? I love this story. Okay, this is great. So, so MySpace, uh, I think you got to fill in the group because I don't think anyone knows MySpace, right? Do people oh, know what MySpace it, is? It's pre-Facebook social media, but post-Friendster. Oh, like, That's it. But it was like really good for musicians. At least yeah. we thought it was because you could just request people all day. Like, follow this band, follow this band. And like you could customize your page and 
yeah, you could watch your views, which is very addictive. Yes. Uh, MySpace was good for musicians. I don't know if it still exists at all, but that was where we found you, huh? Yeah, you found and the, and the first song I heard because you can have your songs listed in your MySpace, I believe, or links out. And I heard yeah. "Horse," which is a song just about riding a horse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's what it was about, and it was um, it was a great song. It was probably one of our most yeah. fun songs, right? We could like, you could dance to it. There was a dance. Uh, it got uh, got kind of funky, got kind of soulful at the end. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was it. Yeah, MySpace was, um, I would sit, oh, man, this is taking me back, dude. I would sit in the basement of this bar that I used to work at, mm-hmm. and I would take in, uh, you know, the the receivables, you know, there'd be all the, the inventory, you know, is stocking the place during the day, all the deliveries during the day, getting the place ready for the night. But during the day, I would go in that computer and I would access MySpace, and I would be like, "Hmm." So that was something. That was how we were building our, um, or at least trying to build our our fan base out there. Yeah, and I and I saw you guys perform the first time at at Autos in DeKalb, which was kind of like the mainstay <laughs> for Sealed Casket. Yes, I love this. And yeah, I was I the first. So like when you walk into the show, someone is handing out crowns. It's usually the Gold Knight or the Brown Knight Jormungand. Uh, mm-hmm. and they were, they were just Burger King crowns spray painted, which I loved. I love it so much. Yeah. And I was we, given... uh, very well, was it DIY, right? We oh did, yeah. Do you have, it was no, um, nobody was sponsoring us. Nobody was helping us. The, the Burger King crowns were coming from Burger King. You <laughs> yeah. know, we were, we would go to Burger King and, uh, we would have to see how many crowns we can get. And we could come up with a story that we were like um, teachers, mm-hmm. we were, yeah, t- elementary school teachers, kindergarten teachers, and we we're putting on a show for the kids. Because when you say kids are involved, you know how can you say no? Yeah. And uh, they would supply us with either like individual strips or sometimes boxes that you would purchase from them. So yeah, we had to deal with uh, the band was in with Burger King. <laughs> I don't think Burger King knew officially, but yeah, we were we were kind of uh, hooked in with with BK. We would spray paint all of the crowns, and so I don't live in Chicago anymore. You don't live in Chicago anymore, no, do I'm you? Not in Chicago, no. We, at that time in Chicago, you couldn't buy spray paint in the city. I don't know if you still can or not. Yeah, but spray paint was not allowed. You know, you couldn't buy it, and so we'd have to go to like Evanston, make a special trip out to Evanston, get the. It was such a mission, right? It was a big deal to go get all this stuff. We go out to Evans and get the spray paint, bring it back, spray it up, like make our lungs terrible. We couldn't breathe for a day afterwards. Uh, it was really gross. It was we would spray paint indoors. We had no idea what we were doing. You guys spray we painted in the practice space on the wall, at least like that. From what I remember, like when going to practice, like seeing that whole wall was just like. Yeah. You can see the outline of the crowns and then just black or, or, or some right. brown, red, yellow. Yeah. We were in a practice space in Chicago. And instead of practicing, we were spray painting Burger King crowns. So we would tack crowns on the wall. Right. And there was no ventilation in this. There was no, no it was ventilation in this room. No windows in this room. It was just closed. It was the stupidest idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> we would spray paint it. And you're right. When you take them all down, then you have this weird leftover 
uh, outline of these thousands of crowns all over the walls. Uh, so yeah, that was the, the pre, in addition to the, the practice, the, the getting ready for the show, we would have to pre-show by making these crowns. Holy cow. And then, yeah. yes, yeah, so like when I, when I, I was given a gold crown at this auto show, which maybe at that point was, I was gold team for life. But, um, oh, yeah. I remember when you guys came on stage, you, you were the singer mortal death. Just, I, I didn't know what to make of you. The guitarist was a wizard. Uh, the bassist was a ghost and the drummer was a NASCAR enthusiast. Can you, can you explain your character of mortal death? Yeah. So that was, I, I you got the band nailed. Everybody had a really solid, uh, defining role, except for Mortal Death. So let's talk about that because yes. I think that's an important thing to go through with this band. Not only you know, do you have a five hundred plus year old wizard, right? He was like, we could call the wizard Sarsicus the originator of the band. Yeah, you know, he was kind of the the, the foundation. And also, probably, you know, in reality, the most talented guy. Yeah, hundred percent. Thank God for uh, for Sarsicus, Ron, uh, Ron Weary, great guitar player, amazing dude. Uh, yeah, we lucked out with him. Uh, but he's this amazing wizard, and he would wear this really cheesy wizard costume, like the one that you would get at uh, any costume shop, like a Halloween store. It evolved better over time, but it started off very basic, very dirty, and it, it smelled very bad. Smelled horrible. So they all they all smelled horrible. We didn't know what we were doing. Again, we didn't know what we were doing. So he was the starting point. And then um we had a drummer, of course. You know, you need a drummer. So the drummer was how'd you describe a NASCAR enthusiast? <laughs> it was so hard to pinpoint Scott Jackson. I just remember he loved his character when he would talk on the mic would love like stock car races in NASCAR. But that wasn't yeah. the character. That was just like a layer of that character. I'm trying to remember that he did. Yeah, he liked cars. He did talk a lot about cars. I mean, if he was like our Tommy Lee, like yeah. really just like flamboyant short shorts. So he would wear the pants and rip off the pants, and they have the <laughs> short shorts underneath, and uh, just talk nonsense. Uh, do all the, do all like like you know all the eccentric stuff that would be involved with the rock and roll would be you know elaborated through the Scott Jackson character. I don't know if he was like a supernatural, but I'm going to say he was probably had some type of yeah. supernatural element to him. Um, and then there was Maurice Perlman and you call him a ghost. Yeah, I believe it was a, a ghost <laughs> of a diamond Baron. Was that, am I right on that? I think that he would wear like the uh, kind of like your spooky Halloween white face paint, uh, black eyes, blood dripping down, mm -hmm. top hat. So he, he gave across this appearance of very old money, yeah. old world, like very royal, but kind of like a bad boy, yeah. like a bad boy <laughs> royal, you know? Yeah. So it was, um, and he had his great song, the, the Power of Five Dicks, which yes. was a very popular song live. Um, yeah, so Maurice, I think, again, probably some supernatural vibes with him, but focusing mostly on the money aspect. So we got a wizard, um, an all-out party animal in our drummer, a uh, very wealthy, uh, eccentric, old money, good times uh, bassist. We can't forget about the Soul Collector, right? Soul Collector oh, no, no, was, no I, was... yeah, Soul Collector, too. That's a very important part of the show. Soul Collector was the, um, the, the quote, manager of the band who 
only job was Hold to Hold on a second, a bunch of birthday members. balloons just came up on your video screen. <laughs> I had birthday balloons? A bunch of birthday balloons when you said soul collector just popped up on your video. <laughs> See? Something weird's happening. Yeah. I don't know. Did I do that? I... Soul collector. Nothing. Did I do it again? No, nothing happened. Let's see what happens. All right. That was weird. <laughs> birthday balloons. I love that. Uh, yeah, so it was um, the manager of the band. So how did it all come together? So they were on a quest to find um, the singer. Somehow the wizard recruited Scott Jackson, recruited Maurice Perlman through the connection of the Soul Collector. And then they became kind of, we fell into like the story of Christmas almost, where mm. uh, the three wise men, if you will, Maurice, Scott, and Sarsicus, with the addition of Soul Collector, were searching the world for the, for the child. The child. Who's going to be the child? And our own, I don't know if we ever actually told this story, but the internal myth was that the child was Glenn Danzig. Yeah. That's who they were searching for. They were searching for Glenn Danzig, the child. But somehow it got switched up around, you know, they found the wrong kid and they ended up with Mortal Death, who didn't have the the chops of the Danzig. No. You know, he didn't have the chops, he didn't have the, the ruggedness, but he impersonated all the chops and impersonated all the ruggedness of the Danzig. So when you saw Mortal, you were expecting this like Glenn Danzig uh, beast coming out there. Mm. Mother, doing that whole thing, you know, that you would expect. But you didn't get that. You just got some blah, 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 like throwing up sounds on stage and grunts and, and moans. Yeah. So it was it was kind of like your what do they say, like your B movie version yeah. of Danzig. That's what Mortal Death was always kind of intended to be. Just uh you know, he, he wasn't supposed to be there, but somehow yeah. he got there. You were always in a like a white wedding dress, and it started out as white, but eventually it became white oh, with yeah. red all over it. You had a black wig, uh blackened white makeup on and the main thing i will always remember about immortal death is that he's eternally 49 that was the whole like, that's right <laughs> that's right and I'm, I'm getting close to that, I'm, that that's something yeah. i'm very excited about is celebrating when i actually reach mortal death age we'll be together at eternally 49 but yeah that was his his thing so back when i was 25 i was calling out saying i'm eternally 49 <laughs> that's hilarious that's hilarious yeah, I would wear this. Uh, I would do the uh, the white uh, paint on my face. We would do the um, long black wig. So here's what I would do: I would go to the costume shop, Matt, and I would be like, "Hey, where's your Marilyn Manson costumes?" And they'd be like, "What does Marilyn Manson wear?" Like they didn't really know. Yeah, no, it was like very strange because you always had a different look. But that's what I would start off my conversation with: "Where is your Marilyn Manson clothes?" And then they would point me to like. What did I wear? I wore like I had a leopard coat at one point, which was kind of cool. Um, mostly like black pants, the white dress, which was very great. But you, the cool thing, you're right. So let's talk about the white dress yeah. was something that would start uh, very clean, very white. Yeah. And then I would take the sword and do like some crotch, kind of like you know, like yeah, shake. Very not like you know. I was I was pretty good. I was going like I was like a professional wrestler on the stage. I'd go underneath and make it look like I was going there, you know, doing yeah. the thing. And then we had this awesome uh, shout out for Ben Nye uh, stage blood. Ben Nye, is that what it was? Ben Nye? Yeah, it sounds right. 
that was the good stuff. It tasted like spearmint. It was yes. a very, um, it washed out pretty good, very quality, pretty expensive, but uh, it was worth it. So kids, if you're doing any fake blood, that's what I recommend. That was good stuff. But then I would pour it in the mouth. I would let it drip out. It would get all over everywhere. And then that just became Mortal's look. And just always had the bloody nose. Always <laughs> had blood pouring out of the mouth. Doing fake cocaine got, off a broadsword. Yeah, <laughs> we would animate all the stuff. And that was that was also really fun about uh, the band is that, you know, on top of like Nick, Mike, Rowan, and, you know, all being good musicians, they were very creative people. So whenever a, a silly idea, like I, you, you filmed a lot of cool stuff for us. Yeah. Um, you would do like the documentary stuff for us. Um, I think you did the one where Nick had the big... Um, that fake cocaine and he had the vacuum cleaner and he was doing I believe the, so. Yeah. Yeah. He was doing Like we got to do some pretty funny, silly stuff that uh, tied in pretty well to the sealed casket uh, with your help. I know we did a promo videos for martyrs. Every time you guys had a show, we'd, I, I would grab someone from the band and be like, let's just do something weird. I, I remember you coming to my old apartment in Logan square. I'm like, we got to go film a promo, a video promo for whatever show you guys had coming up. And you're like, what if I was just like in the mortal death costume, teaching people to work out? Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> so, dude. So awesome. I would film you running through Logan square, full mortal death makeup, shouting workout time. <laughs> right. My God. Oh, thanks man. Oh, this is so funny. That was a great video. Yeah. That was so silly. Another one of our the silly things. So, um, and then we did something else where, what was it? We were in a, was it Columbia College? It was some. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes, yes, yes. The Back to the Future stuff. <laughs> Mortal Death trying out for the role of Marty McFly in Back <laughs> to the Future. <laughs> where is that stuff? Is it online? Can you watch it? Um, I have, I, I purged a lot of uh, stuff. I, I think that might be private somewhere. Okay. Because so much oh, of that. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Cause yeah, that's a, that was some funny stuff, man. Very clever. And I think you were a perfect connection with us that way, because we were all, like I said, we're, it was a more of a visual mm -hmm. musical experience and you helped us a lot with the visual side of it. You know, yeah. it was, it was a great ad. And then there were you, you were, this is, who are you? Sir Judas. Tell me about how Sir Judas even, oh. where did that character even come from? Uh, so yeah, it was Sir Judas, then Count Judas. It was, Something happened in my real life. I don't really remember, but one of my friends started calling me Judas. I was like, okay. And like, ha ha ha. Uh, I don't remember when that became a character because I was working with you guys. At first you wanted nothing to do with me. When I hit you up on MySpace, I'm like, Hey, can I do like <laughs> a documentary on you guys? Cause I've seen you play like four times. You guys are wild. Like this is so much up my alley. Like I love like this good music. That's really fun. And like, the combination with art, like it really like spoke to me and it was, I believe it was you or Nick who was like, no, like we had a documentarian before and like it didn't work out. And I kept pressuring and pressuring and I was doing a podcast at that time called Ben nation. This is 2005, I think. Wow. You were doing it way back then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I just said like, let me come interview you guys. We did an interview at the tonic room in the basement. Uh, okay. You guys were all, no one was in costume, and we just did a really weird interview. It went over well. And at that point, I was like, if you guys ever need a videographer, let me know. 
So I started like filming with you guys. And then at one point, someone told me like, you should just be a part of the show. So it doesn't look weird to have like a guy in a camera standing in the audience or like walking on stage. Uh, that's right. Because yeah, there was okay. a couple times security like tried to kick me out for walking on stage. And I'm like, no, I'm with the band guys. Hey. And so I just became like, I think it was the, the mythos behind that was, it was very Maurice Perlman-esque. It was, I was actually secretly Arthur Anderson, the man who started the stock market. And I made a pact with the devil to never die, but I had to change my name or something like that. So I was rich and I just filmed the band for fun. I, there was no connection <laughs> between the character and his So you job. had money, you're just having fun doing it. Yeah. I like, like it. When you guys played the Metro, I remember they wouldn't let me film so Mike was like, hey, uh, your whole bit tonight is that you're serving us wine while we're on stage because you want to be a butler for a day. I'm like, okay, perfect. <laughs> oh, that's a bummer. So the Metro wouldn't let you film. No. That was such a wild show. You remember that show well? I remember that you all were headlining at first, and then you said, no, we want to get out of there early. So we had Simply Red headline instead. Wow, that's a good memory. You're right about that. I don't know. I mean, we probably did because why would we want to get out of there early? Probably because the crowd was good at the time. Yeah. yeah. I remember that show as a very important show. Clearly, like Metro, right? So that yeah. was like a bucket list show for us. Metro is a super, super dope spot in Chicago. And like you, you're a band, you want to play there. And, uh, just like the other shows, we put a lot of pre-work into it. So in my mind, when I think about this Metro show, and I don't know if any video exists. I wish some video existed. We have it. a video. I think Nick has like the Metro's video of it, I believe. Nick has oh, wow. Nick okay. has all the um, sealed casket stuff, including for me. I just gave him everything wow. a few years back. Oh, we got to find it. We got to dig through it. Um, I remember a sea of people like uh, with inflatable giant swords. Mm -hmm. We had so many inflatable giant swords and I'm assuming that we were the ones that were blowing them up because I know we didn't hire people to blow them up. So we must've been backstage blowing up these swords before. And then right before we went on, we handed them out somehow and all these people were just waving these swords. And I remember being wheeled out in a wheelchair. <laughs> doing like the Kurt Cobain thing in the wheelchair and being pushed out and I was all bloody and then I jump out of the thing and it was madness because I from there from that point on everything that we would pretend to be almost came true in that night yeah so like all the debauchery all like the mayhem happened like I remember uh, the wine glass is immediately falling over and smashing all over the stage. So the yeah. stage was full of broken glass. I remember this girl like climbed on the stage and then fell like into the area, like between the people and the stage, like just yeah. went down. I'm like, she's dead. Uh, I, and uh, yeah, it was a wild, it was a great experience because for that, what, 20, 30 minutes, I don't know, 40 minutes, whatever it was. That was like the highlight of what Sealed Casket was supposed to be. Yeah. I don't know if we played well. I don't know if we played well, if we sounded good or what the music was like. But the show that we put on that night, that's what like we were always trying to be. That was our big stage show. That it was like that was the moment I felt like, oh, like this is Guar, but different than Guar. Like it, it like it really felt like I'm like, yes, this is like what Sealed Casket is to me. As like someone yeah. who's love the band and then like kind of weirdly joined the band as well. 
Like it that's really- a good tie-in. Guar, right? Yeah. Guar is a good way to put it because they would. Well, their costumes are awesome. Their yeah. their songs. I just saw them do like a tiny desk, which was pretty fun to watch. Yes, that was a but fantastic one. That was cool, yeah. but they they would like get the audience like soaking wet, like throw stuff in, there. and that's what we were doing at this metro, and then we didn't give a care at all. It was just had fun, and I think um, in my memory, people may disagree, but that was our that was our show. That yeah. was our show. Because because you had the music, you had Soul Collector who coll- who had his own song, but also collected the souls of the audience as the show was going on. Then you had Jormungan, the Brown Knight, the Gold Knight, uh, Lady Red, uh, myself, Count Judas, uh, occasionally Chip Jontine, who was Chip Jontine. Yeah, John-teen. he was. Uh, I, I, now, <sighs> Chip Jontine. I want to say he was a mechanic. I want to say like he was some type of mechanic, probably working for Scott Jackson uh, to do his repairs I, on his car. He also did Does that. Magic. Sound right? He he did, and he also did like light magic. Magic. There was okay. a what was the, there, there was a show that we did. I don't know. It was some sort of weird contest where like you could ride the bus with sealed casket to the show from Chicago to <laughs> wherever we went. And so like wow, all of us were in I, costume all day. And Chip John Teen, which uh, came as Chip John Team, and he was just doing magic for people while I'm filming. And like there was like thirty people uh, that won a contest to ride a bus with us for an hour and a half. It was the weirdest <laughs> was, shit in the world. Boy, I'm gonna have to have a conversation with like with the guys about this and see if they remember. It's coming to be back to me, but yeah, there was a contest. It must have been that like West Dundee show or something that we were. Oh going yeah, to. yeah, I think it was. Uh, but yeah, ride the bus with sealed casket. What a weird idea! <laughs> what a weird idea! What a ballsy idea for like a local band, essentially. <laughs> Oh my god! But you yeah, guys that had was so much fun. You had such a like loyal, dedicated, and like ravenous fan base. Like where yeah. you you'd go to uh, like anywhere out in Illinois, like whether in Chicago, the suburbs, or or the Terrace up in Madison. Like that place would be packed. Oh, it's packed shows. with people that are well aware of what's about to happen. They're excited for it. They want to see Sarsicus the Wizard grow during his song. You know, like. They want to dance on stage with the band. Like the fans that were there knew what to expect. So like having that bus it idea was, totally worked. It was kind of like, um, like kiss, you know, where, you know, like Gene's going to spit blood. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, like at one point there's going to just be madness, you know, Paul's going to fly across the stage or the other one there. Uh, yeah. We had certain things that we did that people just, no matter how many times they saw the same, like, garbage magic show of watching Sarsicus grow. Yeah. which But that was the charm of it. Like, is he really growing? Like, at the first, they're like, how are they doing it? And then you realize there's no, he's just standing up. There's nothing behind it at all. It's just a thing. <laughs> but people would love that. They'd, and if we, I bet if we didn't do that, it's like, oh, that's not a sealed casket show. And I remember some shows where we didn't do crowns. Yeah, it's like oh, that's not a sealed casket show because you get lazy. Like I don't want to. You want the audience to fight with each other. Like you want the audience to like be on their team, and you want them to be engaged with you guys. But also, you want them to fight within each other over which team is better. Gold team's the best, by the way. I'm just gonna throw that out there. Of course, no gold team was again. I think we're we're constantly going with that gold and that dollars. 
they were very wealthy. They had a good leader in that gold night. Yeah, Scott Dressler really was fantastic. Awesome costume. I don't know where he got that thing from. He would come out in a gold night costume yep. and just like, I am gold. He had his own theme song. Yeah. See, that's what I appreciated about this. And I I just expected like, so I don't know. Here's, here's my thought. So gold night, red night, brown night, you all created your own like costumes and stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Really put stuff into it. And I think the reason we stopped doing the crowns is because we hoped that people would just be like, I'm gold knight for life and I'm going to come in with my own gold. Yeah. And that never really, that never, that was just a dream. That never really happened. Uh, but that would have been so cool if people started having like custom gold and brown and red outfits to go along with that. I mean, but there, man, yeah, that was some wild times. There, there were a few of us that got way too into it and just like became part of the lore, which I really enjoyed like seeing other people. Like when, uh, your brother took over as soul collector. I was just like, yes. Like I, like I'm so excited to see somebody else that's already in the group, but like step into a role or create a new role for the group too. We would uh, have rotating soul collectors. So soul collector uh, was a guy that wore a black mask. You could never see his face. Yeah. So he would always be this mysterious person. Um, and people like mystery, like people were never really scared of soul collector. They'd be, guy with the you couldn't see his face he's coming he's doing this to you he's trying to take your soul they're like "Ooh, take my soul they like that uh yeah so we had a couple different soul collectors and uh they were all musical yeah they were all able to play an instrument i think they were all like either piano or bass players or something so when we needed them they could jump they could jump in and also help out that way Honestly, Matt, that was a role I wish I always I had soul collector. Soul collector, yeah. Right? Don't you wish you were soul collector behind the mask, just like the dancer of the band? I I came in at a time where <laughs> Matt, the other Matt, was still not Matt Lampson drumming in, but the, there was a third Matt who was soul collector, yeah. and then I had established Count Judas, and like people knew me at shows, and I'm like, that's when the soul collector vacancy opened up. I'm like, I can't jump in. I'm already like an established character at this point. But luckily, your brother yeah. was like so charismatic and just fit in perfectly for it he was good yeah he was good he had a good role what are your some of your favorite shows because we did a lot we did um like you said um madison was huge terrace was always the most fun to go to because that crowd was like more prepared than any other crowd even if they had never seen casket before because word of mouth spread and you'd see like a thousand people watching like sealed casket that was a huge thing for us. So we would go, uh, Jimmy was attending the Madison, uh, or University of Wisconsin in Madison. So he was our connection there. Yeah. You know, our, our soul collector guy was our connection uh, to Madison. So he was able to book us a show at the terrace, which is a really cool spot. Like yeah. it's so the backdrop is the lake there. Um, you know, if you're a student at the university, you, you go there, you get your beers there, you hang out. It's, it's a popular student spot. And all kinds of bands play there. And then we got to play there. And we are this filthy, disgusting, foul mouth. Uh, I mean, just like the, the thing that you don't want at the university, right? I yeah. mean, you don't want sealed casket at the university event. For many reasons, but but they asked us there, and the crowds were always so into it. 
because they were so young and so drunk probably but they were always so into it they would um stand up cheer like just it was probably some of our biggest crowds that we would see at the terrace there we played this awesome band uh called awesome car fun maker oh, another that. part of our connection to uh madison they were a local band there and they would bring a whole bunch of people they would they would um always support us they were really cool kids and they were um, always like big fans of ours we were big fans of theirs so they helped us out and we did that cool tour together i just forgot That's we right, did a, yeah you were you were on that right i was the, on that tour and justin from austin car fun maker played soul collector during that time i don't know why my memory with sealed casket is so good i love like, it this i was so drunken in film school during that time but well, that's why i mean it was we all were yeah new york remember new york i was throwing up all over the place that was terrible oh yeah but <laughs> the person running that show was at eileen's grocery or something kept telling us like this is where the strokes got this start this is where the strokes got this start over and over again i cannot like i don't remember that show i know i taped the whole show but all i remember is the promoter like you guys can be big the strokes got this start here at eileen's grocery oh what a no pressure dude oh my god strokes no no that was probably why i was drinking so much my god yeah, that was fun. That was a wild time. We did a good tour with the Awesome Car Fun Maker kids. We went to, uh, that was called the Midwest Be- Bleeds Best Tour, right? Yeah. We just kind of went around all the Midwest areas. I remember, um, well, two things are sticking out right now. One, Dayton, Ohio. Dayton, Ohio was just a party city. Uh, Dayton great place uh they they uh, loved us they loved to party they loved to have fun so we fit with dayton i remember um a lot of celebrations and good times happening there and then i remember some place in michigan help me out with this one it was called the myspace internet cafe (laughs) (laughs) does that sound right it's it's i don't know what it was called that but it was something that ridiculous it might have been the myspace internet cafe actually that's where we played in michigan uh and it was uh you know what i mean it's a weird spot they had basketball courts there yeah it was a place where kids would go hang out and go on myspace and occasionally a band would play yeah um those that's my it's we did play a whole lot of more shows those are the two that are sticking out the myspace internet cafe clearly because that's a weird one and uh dayton ohio shout out to dayton the guys are awesome. Uh, the one thing that, awesome. that really, really sticks out isn't even a show for me. Although there's two things. Oh. There was the first, there was the meet and greet at Tonic Room with Sealed Casket, where I think you guys just put on MySpace, like we're having a meet and greet. And not even, the whole band didn't even show up. It was it was me, you, Mike. Um, Scott was bartending oh. and then Soul Collector. This. And we were behind, we were in a booth for only four people. Uh, and then we had a velvet rope so no one could sit with us. <laughs> <laughs> and were we in full costume? Full costume. <laughs> what? I love this. It sounds like something we would do. So we had a meet and greet. So only four people showed up. <laughs> only, only one. I believe it was only one member. Or no, Marie. So it was two members of the actual band. And then okay. two part or two or three of us that were part of the stage show. But we wouldn't sign wow. autographs or talk to anybody. 
but in character very loudly the whole time. I love that. That's great. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. So that was what? What else do you remember? What was the other one? My, my favorite memory is uh, Sealed Casket. They Someone from like a Battle of the Bands said, can you guys send one member to help judge this Battle of the Bands? And I think six <laughs> of us showed up. <laughs> Is that the one in Wrigleyville? We yeah, went to a yeah. place in Wrigleyville. That was really weird. That was really, really weird. So that's a memory I, I, I like you bringing that one up. So we had, um, we were asked to do be a judge for some battle of the bands. I wish I remember more details, but it was in Wrigleyville. Ah, and it was um, not uh, like, well, it was just regular bands, yeah, you know, just yeah. like a normal, normal bands. And you're right. They probably just wanted me. I think they just wanted like yeah. one person of the band to come in. And I know you were there. Mike was there. I was there. Probably Jorman Gann was Jorman there. Was there, yeah. We had a lot of people show up. It was like, it was entourage yes. showing up for the one judge. And then the band said to play in front of us in this <laughs> costumes. <laughs> And then there were normal judges. Everyone else there was just normal. There Everyone was, else there was just like. There was two other judges. And like when we walked in, I remember the look on their face was just like, what, what is going on? Like they, there's only supposed to be one more judge. There's like four or five yeah. people walking in. They brought a broadsword and a giant bag of baby powder that they keep yelling is cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that was wild. We did some good stuff, man. And we were in character the entire time. Yep. <laughs> and I think if I remember right, they probably asked us to leave. I don't think we stayed. I think we were probably asked to leave. Um, <laughs> similar to what happened in, uh, uh, what was the place in West Dundee? Oh, that was Clearwater Theater. Clearwater Theater? Yeah. Because I, I, I rem- this is the one, if, I, if it's the right place, we were scheduled to play. And I was oh, on God, yes, some yes. sort of... Sorry. I was pissed off about something. I was pissed. I was on a, a rant. Like, I want guest passes. I want people on the, the guest list. I needed names on the guest list. I think that's what I was going it was me about. And, it was me and uh, Jormy. I needed your names on the guest list? Yeah, because we weren't considered part of the band. And I. Okay. Yeah. There you go. So I was. So at least I wasn't being just like a jerk. I was, I was going for you guys. Okay. But I was just making stuff up. I need names on the guest list. So I'm, I'm making sure you guys are on the guest list. I'm really pissed about it. Um, and then somehow I'm going to the manager of this place. And I'm making this bullshit story about how the loop radio station is coming here. Like they're, they're supposed to come and watch the show. And we're going to have important people in this crowd. And we're bringing them down to your junkie establishment. And you better give us respect because we're bringing all the people here. And if you don't want that to happen, we're not playing. <laughs> and I pretty, I stopped the show. Right? Didn't I bring us all out of there? I made us leave the show? Yeah, I believe the response from the person, if I remember correctly, is what you want a guest list so your mommies and daddies can come into the show. And that is what the, that was your trigger. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, and I no, it's, it. it's like they're part of the band. They just don't play instruments. Like, screw you. That place was a What junk. a prick. Yeah, what yeah, a prick. Yeah. And uh, so that's right. He says, so your mommy and daddy could go in. And you go, you, we're out of here. And then I made everyone leave. Yeah. Made everyone leave. 
it's a, at this place. So that was uh, that was our rock and roll moment. That was our Guns N' Roses moment. You're, you're, you're lucky you didn't play us? there. I, I that place sucked. Like my band at that time had played there like two or three times. It was a good venue, but like the management was terrible, and they were Clearly. so rude. And it's just like. Like at that time, like I was in like a a, a shitty like uh, hardcore punk band, and I'm like, just why are you guys so mean? We we didn't get a cut of the door either, which was really weird because they made a lot of money off us that night, that when we played there. But it, that place was luckily They're not around anymore. Oh no, hell no! <laughs> Thank goodness. Nothing's yeah, around. that was a weird spot. Yeah, like Autos has gone too, and Autos was kind of. For me, that yeah. was the my favorite place to watch Casket because all of DeKalb knew who Sealed Casket was and was, like, super Otto's impressed. was really good to us. Yeah. Uh, so Otto's was another place where we could pretend we were rock stars. Yeah. So at least for me. Now, other bands, I don't know because I don't really talk. To, I never talked to other bands about what their deals were, what they worked out, or what they got as far as payment or any other special things. But at Otto's, I remember I said I wanted – Pizza and a deli tray. Yep. <laughs> and I got it. And I got it. I was so happy. I'm like, really? Pizza and a deli tray? I got it? And we back there, there was a big deli tray, remember? It was yeah. all oh, I remember. Good stuff. So I felt really like, uh, yeah, that was my moment. What? I finally got my pizza and deli tray. <laughs> When we played autos, like when I played autos with my other band at, at the same place, we didn't get access to that green room. There was a secondary green room that was smaller. Uh, Casco always got the bigger one. We didn't get pizza or deli trays. Uh, and I believe the cut of the door was a lot less. So like Casket got comparative to other bands I knew that played autos. You guys got one of the higher end deals that like Snoop Dogg would get when you chill. Nice. <laughs> I like that. that. That makes me feel really good. Yeah, they treated us really well, uh, but we, I think we, we saw the decline of autos. Like, our first couple of shows there were really hot, mm-hmm. um, and then towards the end, it was just playing for six. You know, yeah. it really, the crowd started disappearing there for a while, and I bet that was yeah part of the reason of the, the closure. Um, yeah, people stopped going to autos. People that weren't into... Yeah, right. I guess, like, the, the love for live music slowly started dying down where yeah it was interesting some other places were showing up there i think autos was just kind of uh, declined but that was another good spot while it lasted yeah so yeah we 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 lived it up man we lived it up in those sealed casket times now remind me of this so we when we were doing sealed casket mm-hmm. we were also doing lovers of the sea i did want to bring that up i loved lovers of the sea and and i'm honestly i'm i'm at a point in my life where I identify closer with dwarfin whales, yep, more than more than I ever have. Like I'm, I feel like I'm getting real close to just not not the dirty dwarfin whales, but the dwarfin <laughs> no, no, whale no. is just like I, I want to live on a cruise ship and just like live this cruise ship life. The cruise ship life is the life for me, my friend. But yeah. that was another really fun band that we had. Um, man, we had a lot of good times with. You were around for a lot of those too, right? Yeah, uh, you guys played when I had a uh, was running a comedy show and producing a comedy like stand-up show out in the suburbs. You guys played the f- second show? Like, so it would be oh, a yeah, bunch of stand-up yeah. comedians and then Lovers of the Sea closed. And I remember the, that. The audience had no idea what was happening. Cause, explain Lovers of the Sea, because it's... Yeah, so this one's a lot easier. Well, yeah, it's, it's say, easier, I, but I more complicated. <laughs> so the same guys, same same group of guys would 
do like almost the really like the opposite uh, of what Sealed Casket was. The thought of it was it's a it's a band that performs on a cruise ship for people that are really they're not there to see the band they're there to take in the drinks and the sea and the the sun and the pools and the environment so the band is not the main focus so that was kind of always the the center point we would have like this band that would just be able to kind of play and provide some background music but if you listen to what they're doing kind of really weird right that, yes. that's where that gets weird so we had um oh this is gonna be a tough one to remember we had sheldon reef sheldon reef was um who's sheldon sheldon was the bass player yeah and he was the the drunk he was always the always never sober sheldon reef yep. the never sober sheldon reef omar tusk on the guitar <laughs> uh, just recently lost 300 pounds put your hands together for omar tusk <laughs> second bypass surgery omar tusk he's lucky to be here tonight everybody um, on the was, drums, it was uh, Mr. With like <laughs> clothes stuffed into his shirt to make him look fatter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. After he lost weight, so he like he would stuff his shirt, he'd buy big shirts, stuff it with pillows, and play guitar it's, over this really stuffed thing. I love what his character guy. gimmicks so much. They were so uh, like he did, and he, you know, Rollin is a guy that. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We we pushed him right. We made him wear the wizard costume. I know he hated that. Yeah. Right? He made him wear that that pillow costume. I know he hated that. Uh, but he did it all, and he, and he was probably. Uh, I mean, clearly, you, you remembered that. What the efforts he put in for that? It was yeah. a big part of the guy. And then we had Philip Watercrest. Philip Watercrest on the drums. And Philip Watercrest was uh, his Nick. He was the guy that we uh, quoted as the one who put the whole band together. And then there was Dorf and Wales, and that was me, the singer of the band. And Dorf and Wales was this um, adult, but as a child, he was on a cruise ship, and he saw this band perform, and he was mesmerized by their talent. He saw their dance moves, and he was like, so that that's what was Dorfman's inspiration. He was inspired by a cruise ship band. He wasn't inspired by Neil Diamond. He wasn't inspired by Barry Manilow. He was inspired by a cruise ship band. That's the mindset, the framework that we had to put of the lead singer of this band, okay? So, very easily swayed. Uh, so the four of these guys come together and they come as lovers of the sea and they become uh, a cruise ship band. And I'm trying to think of the story. The cruise ship uh, either stopped or they got fired. They were no longer on the boat and now they had to work on land. They were going to do some land shows. Yeah. And the, the land shows were very difficult for the band because it was very still. Yeah. You know, they, they're very different from sea legs. You know, it's hard to, you know, when you go... You get the idea. Yeah, yeah. So they had some trouble with the land shows. Uh, but this was a really fun band. We were able to come up with some cool songs. I like these songs a lot more than the Seal Casket songs, to be honest. The uh, Shuck of My Ho. Uh, uh, Sign Me Up Daddy is still. Sign Me Up Daddy. <laughs> it's a depressing song about a boy wanting to play baseball and his dad won't sign him up for it. Yeah, it's it's a very, it's I mean. Good. It's good. Uh, it's Jimmy Buffett, rest in peace, Jimmy. The um, you know we we he clearly he was our blueprint for a lot of the the music. Yeah. And uh, this song, well, even Sammy Updates is a little uh, Springsteen, a little Buffett, uh, but very depressing song about a guy, uh, a child who loses his parents and his brother, and uh, growing up with it. And he tells a story of it through the ages of four, uh, I think two, three, and four, and then ninety nine. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, two. I remember when I was two years old, three, four, and I remember when I was ninety-nine. So it's it's a story of a man who lived his life without any real family. Very depressing, <laughs> but people love this stuff. And uh, yeah, these songs were really good in my mind. And I remember we did a show. Uh, you were there. You were there in Lake Michigan, right? The party boat show. Oh, I, maybe I, you no, weren't I, there. I didn't do the party boat. You weren't show. there. No, somebody else was videoing. Yeah, we did a party boat show uh, on Lake Michigan, open bar, and that was what we've always wanted to do. Yeah. Right. So as this, as the not the characters in the band, but the actual players, like we have to eventually get this music on the water. And we did, and that was fun. I think we might have done one more after that on water, but we definitely played a lot more land shows. Uh, it's played a lot with Mr. Blotto. Yeah. We did a lot of the right. Mr. Blotto, um, I don't forget what they call the summer solstice shows or Blotopia shows. Uh, we did a hotel Blotto show with them. Uh, those were always fun. And uh, boy, yeah, Lovers of the Sea was a great, great thing. So, Dorphin Whales. Uh, you still haven't brought up I the love. best song. The the best oh, song the best you guys song. did. Oh, grab a plate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, have you been on a cruise? Yeah, yeah. I've been on a cruise a couple times. So, you know, the cruise ship is um, all you can eat. That's what I, yeah. whenever it says go on, go on a cruise, I'm like, so how was the food? That's the question it's you follow okay. up with. Because all, it's all you can, that's all you do. You eat all day. And at least that's what I think about. So he wrote a song about what you do on a cruise ship and you, you wake up in the morning, you stretch. Of course, you head up to the Lido deck. You got to head up to the Lido deck if you're on the cruise. Smell that. What does that smell? I smell some bacon. I smell eggs. So you know what I'm going to do? I grab the plate. You take a walk with the plate. Put some food on the plate. Sit down with the plate. And you eat all day. You eat all day. And, this, and you eat all day. <laughs> and you eat all day. And you eat all day. And this is the song you would this would repeat. And it would tell them, okay, after this, now I need lunch. I'm in the pool. I, I smell the pizza bar. I swim over to the pizza bar. I eat some pizza. Got a cramp. Oh, you know. It's, it's Again, these songs were fun. And people would just be like getting silly. Yeah. And, 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 uh, and we also, would get silly. Like that song had such a good call to action to the audience to like, sing with you like because the lyrics were very easy during the chorus i remember i was doing um lovers of the sea was playing tonic room and i opened up the show as edward smathers the motivational comedian who's Ooh. very bad at stand-up comedy yeah i remember ed smathers oh, oh, yeah. it, uh, where's the party hey where's the party everybody let's there uh he is. Hey, all right there he is uh I remember because again, this was during a time where it's like if I'm in character, and this is something I actually did throughout stand up comedy, like I'm in character the whole night. You can't get me out. So I remember I did Smathers. It was his first Smathers' first show, and he got zero laughs, which was the purpose. And then I sat down with our friend Sarah, who was like a diehard casket fan, and okay. Lovers of the Sea came on, and then Grab a Plate came on. And I remember everyone in the tonic room by the third chorus doing Grab a Plate. Hey, Editor Matt here. I found the clip that we are talking about for Lovers of the Sea playing Grab a Plate, and I'm just going to play the last chorus. It is so silly and fun and, and one of my favorite memories, so just enjoy this clip. So what do we do? You know. Grab a plate. Grab a plate. Take a walk with your plate. Take a walk with your plate. Put some food on the plate. Put some food on the plate. Sit down with the plate. Sit down with the plate. And eat all day. And eat all day. 
Dimer McDiver. Sheldon Reef. Philip Wannacrist. The big man, Omar Tuff. Dolphin Wales, you listen closely, you can hear the harbor master calling us back. It's time to go back on that boat. I'm sorry, it's, it's that time. But we'll never forget you, Chicago. We gotta go back on that boat. And I was like, that, like you guys understand so well how to get the audience involved with something on paper is so dumb. And I don't mean that in a dismissive way by any means. I get it. That, that was, our, that was our, our special thing about us, is that we were very audience participation. Yeah. Uh, and if the audience wasn't there, like, we sucked. You know, it wasn't, yeah. it wasn't a show unless there were people that were following along. And that was for both bands. It had to be casket and uh sealed casket and then we had a couple others that we didn't do to the max but that comes from a background of i think really like and i'll speak for rollin too so like nick mike rollin myself we all love like we can't came from rock but i think like funk yes like that uh the george clinton parliament funkadelic those shows we were going to those shows at a very uh, young age, you know, high school age. And if you ever go to one of those shows, which uh, if you haven't, there's there's so much fun. We all went together because to it's one. All, there you go. Yeah. It's, it, it was probably like a ritual. Like you had to feel the event of what they do on stage and what the crowd does. Because it's, again, they're awesome musicians, but if the audience isn't alive with them, the show is not magic. Yeah. And and they know that. They know that what they're doing is like call and response. You know, we're going to say something the audience is going to say. We're going to do something. You're going to do something. And it has to work together to make it fun. And I've seen so many P-Funk shows. And, you know, a lot of them have been fantastic. Definitely some have been magical. Others have been lackluster because it has to have that ebb and flow with the mm. band and the audience. So we probably brought you to that to experience it, but to also like understand this is what we do here at the Casket and, and the Lovers of the Sea shows. Yeah, like I so, I had listened yeah. to Parliament so many times, but I remember like when we went and saw Parliament and George Clinton, uh, I don't remember exactly where it was. It was an outdoor festival. And yeah. when they were doing the show and they'd be like, here comes naked cowboy. And he would just dance for a minute. And then he'd go away. I'm like, okay, I understand sealed casket, like 1 million percent. Like here's the band, but also like we have side attractions too. If you're bored with the band, you won't be, but like, here's a, here's, here comes a guy with long dreadlocks and a fake beard. Enjoy him for a moment. And then he goes away. <laughs> That's exactly right. They would have their, um, their own characters there. They had a universe of characters that yes. would come out on stage and perform and we were shamelessly stealing <laughs> everything 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 that george clinton and parliament funkadelic was doing um because they were our heroes and it's just uh we were able to do that through heavy metal music we were able to do that through um yacht rock music if that's what you want to call it mm -hmm. uh, but we just took that formula of involving the audience as much as we could uh, to get them to, to get them to come along, and it, and it worked. It was that's what uh, that's what I liked about it the most. It worked for you. It worked for years. 
Mm-hmm. I, I remember even like when I had departed, I guess, from my character and being involved in shows, um, still going on to autos, even when autos is on the decline and it's still working for the audience and being excited for you guys. But also like I, at that point, I think it sealed casket had been 10 years, maybe eight years or something yeah. like that. And I'm like, yeah. I'm glad that that still gets people excited, especially like when culture at that time is like, I like something for a minute and I move on to the next. Yeah. We, uh, we never had an official end. Um, I think we knew it was coming to a time, you know, there's only so long you can do that kind of, at least for me, cause I'm, I'm not a singer. And that was another thing that I was very lucky to be a part of because I am not, <laughs> I'm not a singer. I don't know if I can hit notes. I don't know if I can hold notes, but I like to be a showman, perform, do like some silly stuff and, and be on a stage. So thank God that, I had a strong group of musicians that trusted me and believed in me and let me do my thing. Yeah. Uh, because I was, that's, I, I don't know if I always deserved that spot. You know, I didn't Oh, you did. The band, the band probably could have been very well served with um, a, a, someone that could hold a note, like a, like a professional singer, but that would have changed the dynamic. I mean, it probably wouldn't have been that same feeling, you know, but. For me to even have the opportunity for as long as I did, uh, for and those guys trusted me to do it as many shows they did, even when I would like show up unconscious, you know, it was yeah. they, they would they would be very kind and allow me to do um, do my thing, and I was uh, it made it made it feel very special, very what, special. What so that, you... I'm at a point now where I would love to go back and do um, um. I would love to go back and do like a lover's show, maybe one day, a one-off, maybe even a casket show. Nick and I were just talking the other day. Uh, we had just were on the phone. We brainstormed about three different casket songs that were actually really fun and interesting. Um, and I think we shared them with Rollin, and he had no feeling like, oh, whatever, you're doing. <laughs> but I think, you know, I think we thought they were fun. Uh, I think Mike thought they were, might have been fun too. But anyway, I think, uh, you know, we're all kind of scattered, so it's difficult to come back and do an actual show. But I think, like, what we're doing right now, like, if we have technology to probably link up and do some type of more visual fun stuff. Yeah. Like, like Instagram Reels. Like, how cool would we have been with Instagram Reels? If YouTube right? we and all that was around back then, like, it would have, it would have, easily been a game changer youtube was just starting so yeah. if you go back and you watch like because i remember sitting at my computer trying to upload a video of horse from madison and it was the first thing that i probably uploaded and my name is mortal death i think on youtube yeah. and uh it's a really grainy terrible like super junky uh quality but that was probably like one of the first YouTube loads. <laughs> like, and if you go back, it's probably like, I don't know, I even know how old it is, but that is, um, I remember it took for a long, it was a long time to load it, trying to figure out what's going on. Those were the, the before, probably before it even came over to Google, right? It was yeah. probably like a YouTube standalone thing. Yeah, so we were right at the um, the cusp of the technology change there. Uh, but yeah, because we, we were so visual, 
we were so visual, we probably would have been able to do some pretty cool stuff. I see a lot of cool bands now as I scroll through my uh, Instagram feed. I see this one band that shows up where they got Bigfoot playing. I see uh, another band that's got like another like Bigfoot. I guess there's like a Bigfoot theme happening here. Um, clearly on the much larger scale, you got talented bands like Ghost that are putting on like the performance along with the music. Uh, Guar, you said with that tiny desk show, they're still out there doing their stuff. So I, it's cool I to have see. it all. I, I, I'm looking at my uh, YouTube channel. It's all like private and unlisted, but Mortal Death Workout, Maurice Perlman video of him waiting to get his hair cut, uh, the music video we did for fucking Murder You, which we have not oh, discussed. Yes. Uh, Matt, that was like such a good thing. Let's talk about that one. Yeah, for a let's minute. let's talk about that. So that was a great project, right? That was yes. a fun project. We made this song called uh, Fucking Murder You. What a great title. Yes. And it was a ballad. And I remember being so excited when we wrote this song. Like, we were all in the tonic room, because that was our practice space before we got the big one. We were in the front area of the tonic room. And we were just, you know, goofing around. And all of a sudden, we're just, Brown probably starts playing that whatever the notes are. And, uh, Words start flowing. I'm going to rip off your arm. Put it in my display case. What? What? Then I'm going to put something in the hole where your arm was. But don't worry, it'll be cool. So these words just flowed. It wasn't written. It was just like, we're going somewhere with this here. And then the the next thing I remember was, I'm going to fucking murder you. I'm going to fucking murder you. And then I'm going to fucking kill you. And then I'm going to fucking murder you. So all these songs are available on Spotify, Apple, whatever you get. To, they're streaming. Sealed yeah. Casket, C-E-A-L-E-D, Casket, K-S-K-E-T. And you can hear it. So we wrote the song on the spot. Uh, we were so excited. We played it again. And then you remember Tony? Tony, the bartender from Tonic Room? Yes. Yeah, I do. Baldhead Tony. You yep. come on in. He came on in. And we're like, Tony, you got to hear this song. We just wrote the song. That was the third time we are playing it. And we were so excited. And I don't think Tony liked it as much as we did. <laughs> he was like, okay, whatever, you know. But we were like, yeah, this is our song. This is our song. So, you know, we finally had our ballad. Every heavy metal band has to have their ballad, their power yeah. ballad. We had our power ballad. And I'm thinking, like, well, we got to have a video. And the only thing I could think of was that Journey video. <laughs> Faithfully. <laughs> Faithfully. All I could think of... <laughs> Was Steve Perry in the bus, like riding, go swiping the mirror, like, thing, and just like that was a cool video. And uh, I'm like, we should just recreate that video. We should just do scene for scene that video with us in it. And and, and you pulled it off, and you I, did I it. Th- we we got close, I think, because um, I was like, I was drinking and and doing a bit of drugs during that time. So, like, if I was a bit more clear-headed, I think we could have got it dead on. But uh, the Faithfully video is just Journey on the Road, and there's really weird moments in it where, like, Steve Perry is shaving his mustache, (laughs) or, like, there's people just dancing at one point. Like, it's just so weird. Um, But the fucking Murder You Visit, we, we, the video, (laughs) we hit the major moments of that, of the Journey video, and then also, I just flat out 
ripped some of the music video from the journey videos. Like you'll see the tour bus and Steve Perry rubbing his hand. That's just from that video. We put it in our video. Yeah. I, I think that was encouraged. I'm like, just take those shots. Just take the, the ones that we can't film. Yeah. Put them in the video. Do the ones we can like the people dancing. I, I definitely remember R- Rowan and Mike in costume, just like dancing around, doing their thing. Yeah, that was great, man. That was really, um, that was a great video. Yeah. And I was very proud of that one because the inspiration was the journey thing. We, we, you know, I, I don't want to say was storyboarded or anything. Maybe it was or not, but it was the effort was put in to, to recreate it. Yeah. And I, I, I loved it. And I think, you know, I probably watched it a couple of years ago. It's still one that I think I want to, I love seeing it's a, uh, it's a, it's a good one, man. I'll, I'll unleash all these. I'll, I'll re-unleash all these. Uh, I, I even have uh, Lovers of the Sea, I think your first show, Just Grab a Plate from Tonic Room. Just that song. How fun. Oh, oh that's my, cool. My student film that uh, I was terrible at production, uh, but my student film, which was Maurice Perlman killing uh, one of my friends. One of my student films at Columbia College was a sealed casket, like, Essentially, yeah. music video. Very film noir. It was very. It was dark. It was black and white. It was right? black and white. Yeah, we were doing sixteen millimeter, like developing the film on your own, like before Avid and all well, Avid existed, but before like Columbia had moved to completely doing digital and Avid. Right. So, like, I'm sitting in that like editing room, like splicing together footage, smoking at the same time, which you shouldn't have been doing, but we didn't care. Hey, that's the editor life. That that was what you picture an editor to do back then. Sitting yeah. there in the dark room, smoking. Hopefully you don't get it on the film. <laughs> the silver nightshade yeah. just explodes. Right. That was at the back in the days, man. So that was, yeah, that was a really cool video. And I hope, uh, I hope that's out there because I, I'd love to I have share everything. that one with people. It just, it's just, just all private. I think when I, uh, I've talked about this, but like when I've lost my job, I hid a lot of my like previous work because yeah. I'm like, I've got stuff up there from 20 or what is it? 2008. So 15. Oh, you can cancel for seal casket stuff. I'm sure, yeah. you know, just like the contents of the, uh, the songs. It was wild, man. Like people would just do anything for alcohol, but they were really um, uh, involved in the show. Yes. Like you said, it was, it was a part of the audience participation and people that they think, at the most basic level of all of it was just having fun. Yeah. It wasn't something you took seriously. Uh, it wasn't something that you, you thought too much of or invested too much of your brain in. You just went and had a good time. And man, I hope we get more of that where you could just go and have a good time and let loose and get wild because uh, those are fun. Yeah. Those are fun times. But I also feel too old for that at this point. <laughs> yeah well i'm uh i'm almost eternally 49 yeah and i think like at this point you you have to say you know those were the things that you did at that time yep uh thank goodness for the streaming platforms because you can like you know for for people that have never heard of sealed casket or uh any of this nonsense i'm talking about like you can go out now put on your phone and give yourself a 10 second experience if you want to you know, put yourself in that environment. Um, and that's fun. And then YouTube is a lot of the, the clips are out there, but moving forward, you know, I've always thought about what is the next, the next phase of casket. 
yeah. the next phase or where does it go from there? So I've plotted out a couple different uh, <laughs> ideas of where it could go, you know, yeah. going into this adult realm. Um, I think there's uh, some movie ideas uh, that I have always been brewing. Like what happens if seal casket gets, uh, so when were we doing this? 2006, let's say. Uh, 2005, 2006. Let's, yeah. So let's say, you know, now it's 2028. I don't know why I picked that year. And through these streaming platforms, a child has rediscovered the music of sealed casket. And now all of a sudden, you know, it's, it's being shared more and it's gone viral, if you will, mm-hmm. right. The viral feel. And then, uh, it could be like almost, they have to play this one show and it becomes almost like a road trip movie, you know, going down, the, getting the band back together, recreating the driving the car, the van down the place to the show experiences along the way i don't know think about that that, that was my uh you know hangover sealed casket um road trip movie just make it just embellish the road trip that we did to new york yeah for eileen's Grove. exactly that because uh, that but older that road trip was so uncomfortable i think it was for me because i was all the way in the back seat uh next to not only the speakers but also the costume bin which smelled the word and it's all of our costumes it wasn't just like your guys like my stuff's in there jormy's was in there too i think it was mostly mine because that smelled the most only because mine took the most damage yeah because every show i would be soaked in blood beer and whatever else was thrown on me yes every night every night i was doing it and we didn't have washing machines every night and we only had one costume so when we were doing like the the Midwest bleeds vest, I when we saw a laundromat, I'm like, we gotta stop. <laughs> so we need to stop there because it stunk. And not only did it stink, man, I think we had mold on it too. I think it was exactly. mold. It, well, there was mold, yeah. On the wig, I think we had mold on the wigs and stuff. My cloak uh, had mold on it at one point. Yeah, yeah, we were not healthy. No. <laughs> We barely ate. All we did was drink. Oh, so, you know, I guess they would tell the story. If you want to start a band, uh, don't do this. Um, but these were good experiences, good good times. And I met you. And, and yeah. I don't know how we would have met if it wasn't for uh, MySpace and Sealed Casket. Yeah, thanks. And it's a shame that it's been this long. Yeah, I mean, well, like, we both had children. And I think that, like... I very much stopped stand-up comedy when I we had my son because I'm like, you, I needed to change focus. I stopped playing music, really. I still play on occasion with some buddies, like my old bandmates, but I don't know. Like, when I got married and had a kid, everything, my priorities switched for me, you know. It happens. Yeah, and it's fine. You know, like, I guess I got to talk to you randomly through yeah. Zoom or LinkedIn. <laughs> I love, no, I love this. I really yeah. do because I think, you know, it's, it, you brought back some experience that I clearly have forgotten. I, I didn't remember the um, the VIP meet and greet at Tonic Room. Like, <laughs> what were we doing? It's so I know weird. we did that. Like, and then we would do a bunch of, I mean, we would do all kinds of weird interviews. We were always in costume. We were always kind of very serious about maintaining that costume. 
and uh, that character. Yeah, I put a lot of dedication into that, and it was it was great. And I'm really proud of us that we did that stuff, yeah. man. And New York, the Strokes got their start here. You're gonna love Eileen's grocery. <laughs> I remember the burglar. What was the burglar? Where was the burglar from? I burglar. Oh, this one I don't know. So I remember one of the shows we played Eileen's Grocery and it was something else. Maybe it was Eileen's Grocery. There was a kid there. Yeah. There was a kid. And he was probably the kid of the owners. He was wearing a black and white striped shirt. And we all called him the burglar. <laughs> Look, there's the burglar. The burglar's at our show. Look out, the burglar. And uh, that's what I remember the most about New York. The burglar. What if that? I mean, that kid's clearly grown up now. He's a, he's a grown up burglar. <laughs> grown up burglar. Um, burglar. One of the, so one of the things that I man, this is going on longer than I thought, but that's fine. Uh, one of the things I really remember is that Casket took the Edward Smathers act on the road. Like I stopped. Be I was doing double time character work, doing Smathers opening up for Casket, and then getting into Count Judas for the show. And I remember one specific autos where I asked my wife or then girlfriend at the time, like, can you just film this Smathers like set I'm about to do? It's going to go very bad. Like, so, but like, don't stop filming. So she's filming at this point in the Edward Smathers storyline. He was uh, doing cocaine all the time and he was just always hopped up on cocaine. That's like what Smathers okay. was doing. I didn't know that about Smathers. Like, Cause that explains a lot. Explains, it does. I was like, why? He's always looking for the party. So now I understand why. Where's okay. the party is where's the cocaine. Uh, gotcha. Okay. So I come up on stage in the Smathers outfit, but with like Rollins leather jacket on, I believe. And I do the same tired bit I've been doing, but louder. And uh, I got off the stage and I'm like, okay, like that went well. I get home. I watch the videotape. There are two people talking behind my wife very loudly about how they're going to throw their beer cans at, at me. And one guy's okay. like, no, let's not do that. Like when he gets off stage, let's jump him. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Wow. I'll tell you, the crowds at the sealed casket shows were a little intense. A little intense. They they liked what you were doing, or they were very vocal how much they didn't like you. Yeah. Smathers was the only time I got the vocally didn't like you. Like, I hate what you're doing. Stop saying, where's the party? Yeah. And also, Rollin, it was, it was, Rollin punched me in the stomach when he was coming on stage because he hated it so much. Yeah. There was a... It sounds like those were towards the dark days of Casket, where the people were just wild. We had some wild people in the crowd, and I I remember being a little nervous that things would get out of hand. Yeah, because again, we weren't uh, we weren't metal. I mean, I like Guns N' Roses. I like, but I wasn't too much of like encouraging violence. I mean, I'm not no, too much. No. I was never encouraging violence, but I think through the music, it sometimes well, it clearly did. We had a song called Prison um, Riot, or no, Riot uh, Prison Fight Riot Party. Riot Party. Prison Fight too. Riot Party was a song where I think the last two minutes of the song were, I see some tables standing upright. Yes. Flip them over. <laughs> Flip them over. I see a table right there. Flip it over. Like those are the words to the song. So I don't think anyone really ever flipped over a table, but that's probably why the audience is a little more wild. We were encouraging. I, I think some it got times. close. Like I think if you brought a new person to that show like to see casket play and they weren't fully aware of what was going on in on the joke, I guess uh, there yeah. might've been times where people had gotten 
very close to that point where it's like, yeah, I should flip that table over. Like the singer told me to, but I think right. there was enough people there. that were like, no, 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 no. Like this is just, this is fun. This is just fun and silly. Don't you? We'll just jump them after the show. <laughs> they never jumped me, but uh, I remember <laughs> my wife, uh, Nina coming, like she ran backstage with the camera and she's like, just like, put your costume on. Like, here's the camera. Um, there's two guys that are behind us that are like really mad. I'm like, it won't matter. Cause I'm going to put white face paint on and like a cloak and I'll have glasses on. Like no one will recognize me. So it doesn't matter. What a cool move. Yeah. Nina was cool. Nina hooked me up with a, um, a wedding dress. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Nina hooked me up with a wedding dress that I wore for many, many years there. Um, and I remember our, one of our first auto shows might've been the show that you were at there where we actually protested the show. So we were in different, we were wearing like, um, <laughs> Uh, suits or something, or other clothes, saying, don't go to this show. Don't go. We were protesting our own show in front of it. And then we would play the show afterwards. So we had a lot of opportunities to piss people off, but then they wouldn't know who we were because we'd slip in and out of these costumes. We were pretty sneaky that, that way. That, that, oh, man, this is fun. Yeah, yeah. I, that's something I took into, into stand-up comedy, like, right after I uh, kind of stayed out in the suburbs where I'd go to open mics and do six sets as six different characters, and no one knew. And they'd all be like, I'd be like a bad magician, a motivational speaker, a guy pitching movies to an audience. Like, but no one ever knew. I think that a lot of that came from Casket watching us do that same shtick over and over again of like, we're not these people today, we're somebody else. I remember like going out to dinner and it was always someone's birthday or it was always a holiday. So we'd get free food or free something. Yeah, it was always something like that. Yeah. Clever people, clever group, and I'm glad that we had uh, we connected with you because uh, you were definitely integral to the experience and also creating that visual piece for us. So if we didn't thank you in the past, I thank you again. It was a you you thanked huge me, thing. You thanked me three times on the album penetration. In the oh, very notes. good. Very we're good. Good, <laughs> good. good. Uh, Josh, thank you for coming on. Uh, is there anything you'd like to pitch or tell people where to go to see things? I'll have some of the casket stuff up. I'm going to go through it and make sure it's yeah. cool. Oh, but I, yeah, I think, um, you know, I think the, I wish we had Lovers of the Sea stuff, really, that was audio. Um, there is some video of it on YouTube, but it's hard to search Lovers of the Sea because you find a lot of junk. Um, check out the Sealed Casket stuff and any streaming thing. And uh, who knows? Maybe we'll be back around one of these days and blowing your ear hole out. But uh, this has been a lot of fun and a good chance to talk to you again and bring back some memories. It's been a long time, dude. Hey, thanks, Josh, for coming on. Uh, it, it was really, really awesome to catch up with him. We haven't talked in a long time. Uh, everybody's life goes, takes separate paths, and, you know, journeys and whatnot. And it's great to kind of talk about that era of my life again with someone who, like, we all sh kind of shared the same experiences. And we were doing, I wasn't playing music, but we were, you know, we're doing music and we're doing, like, weird performance art, in a sense, and... It was great. Um, you can see some of that sealed casket stuff that we talked about on my YouTube channel. It's uh, just search for I'm Matt Elfring, Matt with one T. There's the audition for uh, for Back to the Future on there that we did with Mortal Death. Uh, there's a couple examples of some of the like video flyers we did for shows. Uh, the music video for Fucking Murder was up there. Not everything's up there. Some of the stuff got flagged by um, by YouTube. One of my favorite things was uh, the drummer Scott Jackson 
was having a maid play the song Bakersfield for him. And he was just in a bathtub talking about his terrible childhood. It's a really funny video, but we can't, I can't have it up there because it was copyright striked because of Bakersfield being in it. Another, I got another strike because I had a Sarsicus video of him doing a flyer uh, on the toilet. And they flagged it, they flagged it for nudity. There's no nudity. Like you can see half his butt. But there's no nudity. Anyway, uh, check all that out. Opening music from The Muggles. That's muggles.bandcamp.com. You can buy our vinyl. Uh, Tom Wanderer on vocals. Andrew Parks on bass. Will Ash on guitar. And myself, Matt Elfring, on drums. Thank you so much for listening. Please rate, review us, all that jazz on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. I can see that the music for the show is closing, so I will say thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting. Support my Substack. Uh, thank you. I love you. Bye.